everyone. It's me, Pastor Ron Tabor, uh, from Grace Bible Ministries, and um, I wanted to uh, to do a gospel message today. Um, and my goal with the playlist and uh, uh, on YouTube and with our podcast uh, through Anchor, uh, I want to get that thing up and running for good. Uh, it's been dormant for quite some time, so I want to begin putting. Um, gospel messages on there as well so this will be mirrored on Anchor <clears throat> and you can share that with your friends or you know whatever uh, it's just another platform to get the word out so um, what I want to do is get uh, have a goal of once per week at least a minimum of once per week to get a gospel message out so um, today is <laughs> it's a little bit late in the week but it's still in, within that window so I wanted to share a gospel message today a good news message about salvation and how you can know uh, how to have eternal life and how, how you can know that you're going to go to heaven when you die and spend eternity have eternity life in a body that will never perish or never suffer pain or, or, or the afflictions that we have in this mortal life, in this mortal body that is, um, you know, so clearly decaying. As I look in the monitor and see my eyes, I go, oh boy, uh, I'm not the man I used to be physically. But uh, anyway, so... Uh, I wanted to uh, talk about the offering of the body of the Lord Jesus Christ as a sacrifice. See, our salvation is secured by the sacrifice of the Son of God on our behalf. Our salvation is not secured by what we do. And that's a beautiful segue into Lent. We're in the Lent season. Happy Lent! How's your Lent sacrifices? How are they going? Have you made a lot of sacrifices? Maybe some pledges to God? Did you quit eating fish uh, until uh, the Holy Thursday uh, before Easter? Um, I had to do a quick look on on, uh, on the internet to find out exactly what's done on Lent. I don't know much about it, except that it's a time of sacrifice, particularly in a Catholic uh, religious system. Um, but uh, I, I thought of it because the essence of Lent, or the teaching, what it's communicating is that you make God happy in this 40-day period. You make God happy by, uh, I guess you eat fish instead of meat on Fridays. I don't remember the details on that, so if I got it backward, forgive me. Um, that God somehow is happy that because of instead of eating meat on Friday, you decided to eat fish. Yes, indeed, that's very pious and holy. And yet, what does it do for you? Nothing. It does nothing for you. It does nothing for the sin problem. And that's the issue we have to deal with is the sin problem. Not only that we commit acts of sin, but that we are by essence sinners. And whatever you eat, whatever you ingest will go into the stomach and it goes out into the toilet. It does nothing for your inner man and who you really are. Then the hypocrisy uh, of Lent is, uh, is is breathtaking. But it's, it's not the natural Natural man loves this sort of religious superstition, uh, but it does nothing, nothing to prepare you to meet God or to take away your sins. So what I want to talk about today is Hebrews chapter 10. I want to talk about the body of Jesus Christ. Why did Jesus, why, why did God wrap himself in human flesh, becoming a man? Why did he become a man and live on the earth? Was it really so that we could... Uh, 
WJ, uh, what would Jesus do? WWJD, what would Jesus do so that we could just follow and emulate his lifestyle and be be better people and, and nicer and keep trying to strive to, to be more uh, acceptable to God? No, not at all. He came, he, he took on humanity, he took on uh, flesh and blood like us to be the sacrifice. His body was essential to be the sacrifice that God would accept, the one sacrifice that God would accept and thereby forgive our sins as He would become that atoning sacrifice, that one sacrifice. So let's look at the text and let's let's understand what God says about the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll pick up in uh, Hebrews chapter 10 and uh, We'll pick, actually, we'll pick up in verse 9 of Hebrews 10, and, um, and we'll go to verse 12, and then we'll unpack it and understand how we could have eternal life as a free gift. Who knew, right? The scripture says, Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. Speaking of the Son. Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, or the, the first covenant, that he may establish the second. By the which will we are sanctified through the offering, through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once, once for all. And every priest standeth daily, oftentimes, offering, excuse me, offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. Now what he's talking about here is in the Old Testament in the first covenant with the Mosaic covenant they had a sacrificial system and animals were sacrificed at the temple to, uh, to, to cover, to temporarily cover the sins of the people. Now none of those sacrifices, all of the blood of the bulls and goats etc. Through, through the centuries could never take away one little sin. What it did was it covered the sin temporarily and it was a big neon uh, arrow pointing to the one sacrifice, the Lamb of God that would take away all the sin of the world when He would come and fully satisfy God's righteousness and His holy uh, justice and anger against sin. And He would appease God. He would satisfy the wrath of the Father on our behalf so we can be reconciled to God, see? But the important thing here is, this is a very important phrase, these sacrifices could never take away sin. Okay? So now, let's, let's appropriate that. If the sacrifices prescribed by God through His prophet Moses to the, to the children of Israel, if those sacrifices that were prescribed by God could never take away sin, then do you really think that if you're faithful and you don't eat meat on Friday and you eat fish instead, or let's say you fast or give up some, some carnal appetite for, for 40 days, that that somehow will take away your sin? Do you think that those sacrifices will appease God's anger for your sin? No. 
Those sacrifices in the Old Testament did not do it, and neither will your choice in meat on Friday take away those sins. You see, it's the superstition of men. We've got to say, what saith the Scripture? What does God say? Because we want to submit to, to God. And Jesus Christ has done the will of God in dying on the cross and, and becoming a man, taking on flesh and blood, becoming a man and dying on a cross for the sins of man. See, a man has to die for man's sins. And Jesus Christ is, is the God-man. He is God in human flesh. He's holy man and holy God. And He is worthy of worship. And He is the Son of God in His humanity. He is the Son of God. So, let's keep moving on. That was verse 11. So remember this. Those sacrifices could never take away sin. Now verse 12 says, But, but this man, speaking of the Son of God, Jesus Christ, this man, after he had offered one sacrifice, see in the Old Testament, they're offering daily, daily, daily. The priests never sat down to rest. Why? Because the people kept sinning and they needed a sacrifice. They would sin again. They would need sacrifices. And, and they would have holy days where they'd come and bring a sacrifice. And it was a perpetual work. And these priests never sat down because the sacrifices just kept coming because the people were evil. Just like us, right? But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever. See, this one sacrifice of Jesus Christ doesn't have a shelf life where it has to be done again. It says one sacrifice for sins forever. Okay? Forever. One, this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. You see, it's finished. Remember when Jesus was dying on the cross and he cried out, Tetelestai, means paid in full, it is finished. Well, when he did that, and when he did that, <laughs> he meant it. It's paid in full, it's finished. And now when he's in heaven, he's ascended to heaven, the right hand of the Father, and now he's sat down. There's no more sacrifice to offer. The work is done. It's completed. It's finished in Jesus Christ. So, now let's look down. Let's skip down to verse 14. And we'll wrap up this text and, and uh, bring her in for a landing, as they say. Verse 14 says, For by one offering, one offering, not your Lent offerings, not your offerings at church, not your pledges and commitments and sacrifices for your religious organization, but by His offering, the offering of His body, which was broken for our sins. Our sins were placed upon Jesus Christ, and He died. His body was broken. For by that one offering, He has perfected forever them that are sanctified. You see, the, the offering of the body of Jesus Christ as a sin offering to God the Father has satisfied the wrath of God forever. And those who receive of that offering are perfected forever. Not by their pledges or commitments or participation in Lent year after year after year after year after year of no meat and no steak on, or no hamburger on Friday or whatever they're doing. Okay? but by the offering of the body of the Son of God. Okay? So, the question...
question is not what I do, what what I uh, pledge or, or what works I commit that satisfies God. Am I doing the right works to, to make God happy because I've done, done a lot of sinning and I need to do a lot of good works? Well, that's religious superstition. It's not what God demands. See, God demands perfection, and we cannot do that. We're imperfect. We're sinners by nature. We can't even come close to perfection. Okay, but Jesus Christ fulfilled the will of the Father. He died for our sins. He received the punishment, the wrath, the complete wrath, without mixture. He drank that wrath that was supposed to be for us. He partook of it, and his body was broken. He was the sacrifice. His blood was poured forth as the ransom price to purchase us, to reconcile us. His blood was the ransom currency of salvation. You see? <clears throat> it's not the currency of not eating meat and, and going to church and, and doing this with, with your hand and bowing and turning. These are all carnal ordinances have no value before God. But the one offering that God accepts will perfect those forever who are sanctified. And, and so how do we appropriate this sacrifice that has satisfied the wrath of God? How do we uh, appropriate that? Well, let's go over to 2 Corinthians. I want to bring up another theological point, and then I'll uh, I'll give the answer uh, here in just a few minutes. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse twenty-one. Paul is writing. He says, "For he, God the Father, hath made him, God the Son." to be sin for us. You see, Christ became sin for us. He who knew no sin, see, He in Himself was sinless. He was a spotless Lamb of God. Right? He knew no sin. Now that's all we know is sin. And we, we try and polish it and perfume our sin and make it something that God can accept and He cannot. Our religious works, our not being nice to our neighbor and all this stuff, it does not atone for sin. That's, that's our problem. Okay? It's a sin problem. It says, though, For He hath made Him, Jesus Christ, to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. You see... Christ took our sin and then He imputes to us freely the gift of righteousness. It's free. That was the whole point in His sacrifice. So when Jesus Christ was raised up on that cross at Calvary, that cross became an altar to God on which the sacrifice that God would accept was placed. Jesus, the Messiah, and our sin was heaped onto that sacrifice, onto Him. In the Old Testament, they would lay their hands on the... The priest would lay the hands uh, on the animal and confess the sins of Israel over the head of that animal. Now that animal is now, in a picture, the sins have been transferred or imputed to that animal, and then the animal was sacrificed. 
even even on the day, daily sacrifices, the sinner would come and lay his hands on that animal. That animal would become a sin offering. That, it was a picture, a type of that sin being transferred from the sinner to the to the animal that didn't do anything. What, what am I here for? <laughs> I don't see any grain to feed me. This doesn't look good. I don't think this is going to end up well for the animal. But he became a substitutionary sacrifice for our sins in the Old Testament. That's what happened. But Christ is the permanent one. So he became sin for us who knew no sin, that we, the sinner, might be made the righteousness of God in him. You see, we, we have to have the righteousness of God, not, not our own righteousness. We have no righteousness. All of our righteousness is as filthy rags, the Bible says. So, so it's a very important that we understand. The question is not, what works am I doing for God? The question is, do I have the right sacrifice? Am I presenting the right sacrifice that will appease the Father? And that right sacrifice, very simply, Jesus Christ, the gospel message is this, that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. He was buried. He rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. And that's it. That's the good news, that Christ died on the cross for our sins. He was a sacrifice. He was buried. He was pulled off that altar, off that uh, uh, cross, and his body placed in a tomb for three days and three nights. On the third day, he rose again from the dead by his own power. He demonstrated that it is it's really paid. You see, if he laid in that tomb, he stayed in that tomb to this day, we wouldn't know. Did God accept that sacrifice? In fact, though, if we if we were as it were astute uh, students of the of the Word of God, we would know that God had not accepted the sacrifice, because Jesus' body would have been subject to death forever. But. God accepted that and he was no longer bound by death because it wasn't his sin and it was paid for in full. Our sins that he paid. And we know the validity of that payment was made because of the empty tomb, the resurrection of Jesus bodily from the dead. Alright, so now let's get to the appropriation part and we'll wrap it up here. In John chapter 3.16, everybody knows this passage. I'll try and make sense of it here. In the context of the sacrifice of Jesus. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world. In, in this manner, God expressed His love. In this way. In, uh, for God so loved the world. In this manner, He loved the world that He gave, he gave His only begotten Son. So God has demonstrated His love, not whether or not you uh, you hit win the lottery or you got that uh, pay raise or or the uh, test results came back negative, uh, but God demonstrated His love toward us um, uh, in that He gave His only begotten Son. Why did He give His Son? That whosoever, and the word in the Greek here, whosoever means all, everyone. Whosoever will, that everyone that believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Notice the requirement that whosoever believes in the Son of God, whom God gave, they will not perish, but they will have everlasting life. All we have to do is receive that gift of everlasting life by believing in the sacrifice, by, by accepting this message of the sacrifice, the once forever, the one and done sacrifice of Jesus Christ for our sins. You just believe it. You just receive it by faith. And then you receive that free gift of everlasting life. 
see, this old body of mine, this mortal body, it is dying, and it will die unless the, the Lord comes back in the rapture, which is very possible, very soon. I might not taste of death. We might be that generation. Um, but my point here is simply that uh, I'm going to get a new body. I'm going to live forever. I'm, I have eternal life now. My spirit man is, is, has a righteousness of God appropriated to it, and my body is going to be swapped out. I'm going to get a glorified body. Verse 17 says, For God sent, sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Salvation comes by faith in Jesus Christ and by nothing else. Whosoever believes in Him, whosoever believes in Him, that's what the text says, all you have to do is believe. Believe the message. Believe it. This is what God accepts. And all He requires you to do is believe. The problem is most people say, that's, that's stupid. It's so easy. It's foolishness. It's a stumbling block to people. It's so easy because we're so indoctrinated with the nonsensical superstitions of Lent and religious ritual and practice and the, the carnal efforts of our body. Oh, I will do this and genuflect or whatever that is and I will not eat this and I will not touch that and I will, uh, you know, then I'll go to Mardi Gras when it's okay. You know, the hypocrisy of, of self-righteousness is apparent to all. It's a stench to God. He'll have none of it. All you got to do is believe. Just believe that Christ died for you. That Christ was buried. Christ rose from the dead. That, that God loves you. Don't worry about the world right now. God loves you. And He demonstrated that love when He sent His Son to die for you on the cross and to be raised from the dead. So you can have the very life of Christ, the very righteousness of Christ, and you will never perish. You see, if you die in your sins... The reality is if you die in your sins, you will go into the lake of fire. That is your eternal dwelling place, a place of eternal torment with wailing and gnashing of teeth. It says the smoke of the torment ascends forever and ever. It's unspeakable. Here's the, here's the ticket out. is to believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. It's that simple. But again, the simplicity of Jesus is a stumbling block. It's absolutely ridiculous. I know. I get it. But it's also true. So I implore you, I implore you today to be reconciled to God. Make peace with God before it's too late. Believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved and you will never perish receiving the free gift of eternal life strictly and exclusively through the atoning death of Jesus Christ, dying on the cross for your sins, being buried, and Jesus Christ being raised from the dead. He is your salvation. He is your eternal life, and He is our only hope. Believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall be saved. Okay, I'm going to cut it off now. I'm going to post it on YouTube, share with your friends, and... Uh, and look for us on Anchor. I'm going to put a lot of stuff on Anchor. Uh, Grace Talker. Grace Talker is the uh, podcast name on Anchor, which is an affiliate of Spotify. Thanks again, guys. God bless. I hope this blessed you today. Bye-bye.